Hey guys, I'm your host Mark Lynch and you're listening to another episode of the Unbreakable Mind Podcast where we explore what makes for a truly unbreakable mind that will put you within reach of your biggest goals. So let's get after it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Unbreakable Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lynch, and today we are going to be talking all about self-discipline. It is a skill that we all need if we want to be successful. It's a skill that we need to develop if we want to achieve our goals because it is something that is going to help us in so many ways. And a lot of people actually equate self-discipline with living a good life, living a moral life, which sometimes actually ends up ironically creating a lot of shame when we fail in terms of those aspects, in terms of living a good life or living a moral life. But there are better ways to build long-lasting, solid self-discipline in our life, and that is what we are going to cover today. But before we get into it, if you get any value from today's episode, take a screenshot, tag me in it on Instagram, and let me know where you're listening from because I want to come say hello to you personally. But now, let's get talking about today's episode. Let's get talking about self-discipline and why it's important. And before we get started on that, I just want to clarify what is self-discipline or how I define it so we are all on the same page here. And how I define it is self-discipline is our ability to push ourselves forward, to stay motivated, to take action. And that's regardless of how we're feeling physically, how we're feeling emotionally, because it shouldn't matter. That's what self-discipline is. It's regardless of how we feel. We still do what needs to be done. You're showing that we are intentionally choosing to pursue something for the better. And we're doing it despite all the distractions in life, despite all the hard work it takes, or the unfavorable odds. That is how I define self-discipline. So in this respect, it's different from self-motivation. It's different from our willpower. Motivation and willpower certainly contribute to our discipline, as does a skill like persistence. But the ability to follow through on our intentions the ability to put in the hard work, even when we don't want to, that self-discipline, and that's something that motivation and willpower don't always succeed in. So in that regard, self-discipline is definitely a skill. It's something we need to work on, something that we need to kind of mold in ourselves. It's not something you're just born with. It's something you have to build. Think about it. The more you do it, the more you self-discipline yourself, the easier it's going to get over time to engage in that behavior because it's going to become a habit. And that is how self-discipline can help you. Because if you can make self-discipline a habit, then you're going to embody it in every aspect of your life regardless of what it is. You're going to do the right thing in difficult situations. You're going to put in the work even when you don't want to. You're going to be more consistent. And that is how self-discipline will lead us to success. If you can embody these habits day in and day out, even if you have off days, if there are more days than not when you are embodying self-discipline, you are going to make progress. And that is how self-discipline is going to benefit us all long term. So don't discount this skill. It's something we all need and I hope you enjoy today's episode. 
because this is the skill that's going to give us the strength to stay professional, to stay moral, to do what's right, even when we're ready to toss in that towel because we just don't feel like we have it in ourselves anymore. It helps us to stick with and achieve our toughest goals because if you don't have self-discipline, you can probably kiss a lot of your big goals goodbye because those big goals, they take discipline to achieve. They don't come easy. That's why they are your big goals. Self-discipline enables you to keep going through success even. Even when times are going good, it prevents you from getting comfortable. It helps you overcome those seemingly insurmountable odds to move forward. And you know what? Self-discipline can even enhance your learning, enhance your performance, because there are studies that have shown students with higher degrees of self-discipline actually retain more knowledge than those without that same discipline. That's crazy. It actually influences how we learn. It influences our mental state. That's why self-discipline is so incredibly important. Strong self-discipline helps us with our performance in so many ways, so many ways that we probably haven't even considered. That's crazy. And there actually have even been more research studies that have shown that self-discipline is a more accurate predictor of success than an individual's IQ. So it doesn't even matter how smart you are. It matters how disciplined you are. So that's what I want you to take away from today's episode, if nothing else. But take this information with you moving forward because it will benefit you long term. I guarantee it. Okay, now let's start talking about how we can actually develop self-discipline in our daily lives, within ourselves. Because remember, it's like a muscle. It's something you have to build. It's something you have to work on. It's something, the more you work on it, the stronger it's going to become. And the less you use it, the weaker it's going to become. Like like any other muscle in our body, right? You use it or you lose it. That's how this works with self-discipline. However, when it comes to self-discipline, as it would, for example, with working out any muscle, you don't want to start out too heavy. So with self-discipline, you don't want to start out with any goal that's just too ambitious because that's just going to crush you right from the start. Instead, set small goals and increase that level of challenge as you would with working out slowly over time. The more you practice, the better you're going to get at this. So if you can follow a kind of like an outline, no exact cookie cutter outline is going to work for everyone. So pick and choose what you want to do here. But this is the outline I find works for most people. And the first step there is to simply choose your goal. Choose what you want to accomplish. If you can focus on developing your self-discipline in regards to one goal to start, that is all you need. So maybe you want to start exercising. Let's go off that example. You just start by going to the gym once or twice a week. You start with a small goal. Whether it's a half hour or an hour, it doesn't matter. Just start out small. And if you can start out small and be disciplined about that, then you can incrementally increase what you're doing so add healthy meals add an extra session at the gym add an extra run or walk outside whatever you want to do slowly build it as your discipline gets stronger and then once you've mastered this area it'll spread to other areas of your life 
you can actually apply the discipline that you've gained from working out to other areas. So maybe you want to read one leadership book a week in order to improve your leadership skills or improve your knowledge on a certain area. And all you got to do to do that is, well, read a chapter or two a day and eventually you will get to the goal that you are trying to achieve. This is how you begin. Just choose a goal and then let the self-discipline that you've developed there spill over into the other areas of your life. But even if you are able to do this, sometimes your motivation is going to fade. And that's where step two comes in. And that is just finding your motivation. So once you've chosen that goal, list the reasons why you want to achieve that goal. Define your why. So why do you want to exercise? Is it to be healthy? Is it so you have more time with your kids or your family? Is it so that you can go do things like run a marathon, whatever it is, find your motivation. Because if you can define your why, you're going to be much more likely to stick to that goal long term. So list out those reasons, actually write them out and put them somewhere where you can see it because seeing those reasons will continue to fuel your determination. They'll fuel your self-discipline moving forward. And then once you've done that, once you've defined your motivation, jump on over to step three, which is kind of the opposite and it's defining all the obstacles or barriers that might come up in your way because if you can define them, you can prepare for them. So for instance, maybe that goal of exercising once a week or sorry, a few times a week is a barrier to that might just be your time, your time constraints. Are you going to have the time to do that? There are lots of barriers that could come up that prevent people from working out. They don't have time. They're tired after a long day of work. They don't have the equipment they need at home and they don't have a gym membership. These are the type of barriers that could come up and you need to plan how you're going to get around those types of barriers. Whatever your goal is, think about the barriers that might come up. These are the things that are going to prevent you from being self-disciplined. They're the things that are going to drain on you if you are not prepared for them. But the more you prepare for them, the less they're going to drain you. The less they're going to stop you, the less they're going to impede you. So that is why you need to take the time to define your obstacles because often our self-discipline will crumble simply because we haven't taken the time to identify the obstacles that we're likely going to face as we go about achieving our goals. And that's a shame because it is so simple to make plans to overcome most of these barriers. But when we don't plan for them, we make it so much harder on ourselves. When we don't have a strategy, we make it tougher. Because when these obstacles come up, We're unprepared for them. We don't know how to deal with them because we don't have a plan. And then we don't know where to take our next step. And then we become lost. And then it feels overwhelming. And then all of a sudden, all that work we've put in is gone. And then for me, at least, step four is identifying the habits that are going to benefit or kind of go against the the achievement of this goal. So if we're going with the workout again, maybe... It's things like keeping an exercise journal or keeping a diet journal that are going to help us to stay committed, a habit that's going to help us commit to the goal of being healthier. Whereas habits such as eating junk food or coming home and watching TV after work might prevent us from being healthy. You got to identify the habits that are good and the habits that are bad and try to replace the ones that are poor. I'm not saying you can never come home and watch TV. I'm not saying you can never eat junk food. I'm just saying don't make those things a habit if one of your goals is to live a healthier life. 
you gotta identify the positive habits that are going to help you achieve this goal. And then finally, once you've done all of this, the final phase is kind of to monitor your progress. How are you feeling as you develop this self-discipline? Are you feeling freer? Are you feeling happier? Are you feeling proud of what you've accomplished? Are you feeling more energized because you are more active now? If your goal was to get healthy, building off our example that we've talked about so far. But whatever your goal is, how is it making you feel? Are you making progress? Are you learning? So you might want to even keep a journal about that as well. Write down how your self-discipline and your goals are improving. Because this is going to reinforce the positive changes that you're making in your life. And it's going to give you kind of a historical record that you can look back on to see the progress that you've actually made. And that is going to further fuel your motivation. It's going to further encourage you to be self-disciplined. And that's going to strengthen you moving forward. It's going to strengthen your mind. Your mind is going to become tougher whenever you face barriers because you know the things you've overcome in the past and how it made you feel. And you're going to want to keep doing those things moving forward. Okay, now that we've covered how you can actually build self-discipline in your life, I want to talk about why it's so important, why willpower, why motivation aren't enough. They aren't all they're cracked up to be. That's why I kind of get annoyed when I see all of those motivational posts online because though they are good for kind of kickstarting you a little bit, they have their limitations, but people rely on motivation more so than they do on self-discipline and that's what disappoints me a little bit and that's why I want to clarify that willpower doesn't always work willpower isn't always enough because as humans we innately want to do the things that make us feel good and avoid the things that make us feel bad and the only way some of us feel that we can do the things that make us feel bad is through temporary boosts in our willpower to deny ourselves those desires and feelings that we want to do instead in favor of doing what we think we have to do at that time. And that has typically been called throughout history self-denial or self-negotiation. And it's kind of the process of denying ourselves any pleasure in order for long-term gains. And what this kind of leads to is the idea that willpower equates to self-discipline. That's where this originally all comes from. It operates on that belief that self-discipline is achieved through denying or rejecting ourselves something that we want in some way. So for example, say you want to eat that pizza, but no, that's not going to help you be healthy. So we need to be self-disciplined. We need to not eat that pizza. And if you eat it, you're going to feel shame. You're going to feel terrible. You're going to feel like you haven't been able to achieve the goal. You're going to feel bad about yourself. No, this shouldn't be what self-discipline is because that's willpower. Willpower is the ability to not eat that pizza if you have the goal. And willpower is going to drain. Willpower wears out. So that classical approach to self-discipline is tied to willpower. And I don't like that view because willpower has limits. Self-discipline shouldn't. Self-discipline would be the ability, in my mind, to, after you've ate that pizza, after you feel poorly about yourself, to then get up and do something to make yourself feel better. Go out and exercise. Go out and or eat healthy for the next few days. That, for me, would be self-discipline. Picking yourself up when you've been knocked down. When your willpower is gone and you've kind of fallen a little bit, how disciplined are you? Ask yourself, are you able to pick yourself 
back up. Because the equation of self-discipline equaling willpower equaling self-denial makes us good people, that's not how I see it. I don't think you're a bad person when your willpower kind of gives out on you for a moment or you're not disciplined for a second. That doesn't make you a bad person. Just like being disciplined all the time doesn't necessarily make you a good person. Because if we're kind of building off that classical approach where self-discipline equals self-denial, it's going to have the paradoxical effect of training us to feel bad about the things that typically make us feel good. So for example, maybe you want to slack off one evening, but it's going to make you feel bad for doing that if you view self-denial as the same thing as self-discipline. Because life, in my mind, is all about balance. Basically, that classical principle is teaching us that self-discipline comes through shaming ourselves away from doing the things that make us feel good, through things that make us feel relaxed, through things that make us feel happy, and we'll hate ourselves whenever we engage in those things, simply for being who we are. And that's not how I want you to think about self-discipline. It's certainly not how I think about self-discipline. And there are better ways that we can embody this concept in ourselves and that's what I want to kind of present to you now at the end of this episode and that idea of self-discipline can also embody self-acceptance and the example that I typically use for this when I'm talking with other people about it is again exercise so let's say you're trying to lose weight let's say you're trying to become healthier but Week after week goes by and you just can't get yourself off the couch. You just can't find a way to get up and get exercising regularly. You don't have it in you. You just don't feel like you have what it takes to get healthy, to lose that weight, whatever your goals may be. And you've blamed your partner, for example, having the TV running all the time for wanting to watch TV with you. And you say they sabotage you in a desperate attempt to kind of blame them for the reason that you aren't as healthy as you want to be. But regardless of what you're doing, what you're trying, nothing seems to work. And not a day goes by where you can't think about being healthier, but you just never seem to take action and you hate yourself for it. And that's kind of the first problem here. So many people tie self-discipline with whether we are successful or not of in regards to that particular goal. So step one is simply to de-link our personal failings from moral failings. Because when we fail to be active, for example, on a week, it doesn't mean we are bad people. It doesn't mean we are any less capable of achieving our goals. Because you know what? We are human. We are free to indulge in things from time to time. We are all going to fail from time to time and you can't harbor shame for that you can't let yourself be overwhelmed by shame simply because you are human that's going to happen from time to time you're not going to be able to be self-disciplined all the time so if you can de-link your your kind of personal description of self-discipline from a failure from time to time you're going to be a lot further ahead than if these two things are tied together This eventually will help you to accept yourself to a greater degree, but it's more complicated than it sounds. This sounds kind of simple, actually, when I think about it, just saying it out like that. Just outlining it that way seems like an oversimplification because we don't typically realize all the ways that we are judging ourselves 
or how we perceive ourselves. And thoughts are constantly streaming through our heads without us even realizing it. And we're tacking on things like, oh, I'm a shitty person because I didn't work out this week without even realizing it. We're saying things in our head like, oh, shit, I'm so lazy without even realizing we're calling ourselves lazy. These statements come and go so freely for so many of us that we don't even realize that they're happening. And the reason that these things come in is because some of them, in a weird way, actually make us feel comfortable about our current behavior. So let's go back to the exercise example. For example, say I'm always saying, oh, I'm such a lazy person, so I'm never going to be able to exercise. And that's horrible. That makes us feel in some ways awful because one, it means we're not going to be able to achieve our goals. But in other ways, it's kind of a way that we self-justify our lazy behavior. And our inability to take action on being more active on a regular basis. It makes us feel more comfortable about where we currently are. And it implies that there's not a whole lot we can do to change our situation when that absolutely is not the case. So we're encouraging ourselves not to try, essentially. So we need to de-link ourselves from these judgments, from these failures. Because the more you can resist those types of statements and tying them up between self-discipline and your ability to be successful, the more likely you're going to understand that even when you fail from time to time, we are still very much capable of change, about making improvements in the future, about changing things that we've done in the past moving forward. And even if it doesn't feel good, we are able to make those positive adjustments moving forward. So when we've decoupled our emotions from our moral judgments of whether or not we're successful, sometimes failing doesn't feel so bad. Sometimes it feels okay to indulge once in a while and being less active because we understand that it doesn't change who we are as a person. It doesn't get rid of everything we've accomplished simply because we've had a bad few days. And once you are able to take steps towards resolving that shame you feel when you fail and kind of decoupling willpower and self-discipline, then you've created a situation where you are able to gain more emotional benefits from the goals that you're going about achieving. Because no longer is a single failure going to make you feel terrible about yourself. What you end up doing is kind of developing a more positive view, a more positive experience of self-discipline without actually putting any significant effort forth. All you got to do is decouple those two things. You end up with developing self-discipline without relying on willpower. So, for example, you begin to wake up early and get outside because it feels good to wake up early. You eat healthier because it feels good for you to eat healthier. You stop, you stop doing the things that you initially made you feel bad, such as eating junk food, simply because it feels good to eat healthier. And whether or not you're successful every day doesn't matter because you know most days you are making progress. You aren't so tied up in success that everything goes out the window whenever you fail. These are the things that I'm trying to explain, and it's, it is not a necessarily an easy concept to grasp. It kind of comes down to changing what you're prioritizing, what you're, what you're focusing on, 
Does it feel good to be active? Does it feel good to eat healthy? And the more you engage in these things, the more you're going to realize that these things actually do make you feel better. Whatever it is your goal is. For example, going back to our reading goal, if your goal is to learn more through reading, the more you engage in that goal, whether you do it every day or not, and some days you will fail, but if you are more consistent with it than you are not, then eventually you're going to feel that or see that reading becomes part of who you are because it makes you feel good. So it's not necessarily that the pain goes away because the pain of doing some of these things, for example, reading every day, it takes time still. Exercising every day, it takes time still. And it's not easy. It takes discipline. But it's just that the pain has kind of shifted its meaning. That pain now has purpose. And when you can provide purpose to that pain, to that suffering, to that work, it makes a world of difference for you. Because you would rather work with the pain because you know it's leading you towards a certain goal than you would work against it. You don't want to work against pain. That's going to be something that holds you back. You're going to see it as a barrier and something you're fighting against. When you can shift your perspective and see that you're actually working with pain, you're working through it in order to achieve the goal rather than against it, it makes a ton of difference. So you're pursuing that pain because you know it's leading you somewhere. You know it has a purpose. You know it has meaning. And with every pursuit, you get stronger. You get healthier. You get happier. You build yourself discipline. And eventually, from the outside, it might look as though you're putting forth monumental effort to other people. But you're going to know internally that you're really not applying that much willpower because it's something that has become a part of you. It's something that you are working through. You're working towards. You have your reasons set. So even if it looks like a lot of effort to other people, it's going to feel like nothing at all to you. And this is where I want you to get to with your self-discipline. Well, thank you, everyone who tuned in and enjoyed today's episode. I really, really appreciate it. Remember, if you got any value from today's podcast, take a quick second, take a screenshot, tag me at excellence.addiction on Instagram. Let me know where you're listening from, and I will come and say hello to you personally. I hope you have a fantastic day, and keep staying excellent.